My name is Rose Cortine and you're listening to the Talking Teenage Life podcast. This is a podcast that explores people's experiences in their teenage years and what they've learnt since. Today I'm interviewing someone I've known pretty much my whole life. Colin and his wife Lisa have been friends of my parents for many years, but that's not why I'm interviewing him. After a successful career as head teacher, Colin has set up his own business called Everyday Leader. He now spends his time delivering inspirational leadership training to the business and education sector. Hi Colin and um, welcome to Talking Teenage Life. It's lovely to be with you, thank you for inviting me. It's uh, a real pleasure to be um, interviewed by you for this. Thank you. So let's start off um, talking about your teenage years. So whereabouts were you? Well, uh, my teenage years were a very, very long time ago. Um, (laughs) So my my teenage years were in the 1980s and I lived in a village uh, in Surrey, a village called Cranley. Um, yeah, so it was the 1980s, so we had some really weird haircuts. I had like <laughs> a big curly hair, but really short at the side. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it, it, I, had, I had curly hair and uh, yeah, like all teenagers, I had a few spots as well. Um, and um, yeah, that was my teenage years. Yeah, so when you were a teenager, did you like know exactly what you wanted to do when you were an adult or not? No, I think I went through a whole range of things. I can remember as a child thinking I wanted to be like my dad. So uh, we lived on a farm when I was uh, a child. My dad was a farmhand. He just worked as a farmer. So when I was a child, I thought, yeah, I'll be like my dad. I'll be a farmer. But I pretty quickly realised I didn't want to be a farmer. That was uh, quite hard physical work. Uh, Plus also I suffered from hay fever. So that really wasn't good for me. No, that wouldn't be useful. (laughs) Um, So as I I went into my uh, teenage years, I kind of... I love doing kind of um, maths and DT. I know perhaps for some of your listeners, the thought of doing maths might be quite uh, scary for them. But <laughs> I, I enjoyed maths. I enjoyed design technology. And so, uh, yeah, when I was kind of um, 15, 16, I thought I wanted to go and be some form of engineer. Um, and so when I um, did my A-levels, I did double maths and physics for A-levels. Wow. Um, but during my A-levels, I decided that wasn't what I wanted to be. And I actually then went on and did a degree in theology, thinking I was going to do some work in the church. Uh, yep. And I actually then changed my mind again and ended up working in education. So I did a bit of a wiggly route. Um, and I think what I would say to your listeners is, is don't worry, don't panic. Uh, if you don't know exactly what you want to do now, any experience yeah. you gain in life will be useful. So um, what did you enjoy doing outside of school? Um, Well, I I really enjoyed my sport. Uh, So I played rugby. um, And in the summer, I used to do athletics. I was very good at hurdles uh, and high jump and shot put. Um, I I was quite tall as a teenager and quite big. 
Um, so that worked really well for rugby and hurdles. Um, but I also had quite a, a diverse um, mixture. I actually also liked doing drama and singing. Uh, yeah. my, my little claim to fame is I was once Joseph in Joseph and his Technicolor <laughs> dream coat. Um, so if you imagine this kind of rugby playing curly headed uh, Joseph, that was kind of me. And I think some people found that a bit strange that one minute I'd be treading the boards and singing and doing drama and the next minute a big uh, kind of second row in rugby. Um, yeah. So, but I, that's what I enjoyed. And um, possibly because I played rugby, um, people kind of didn't tease me for what I did. Um, so, yeah, but I had quite a diverse way of enjoying myself. Yeah, a bit of, bit of rugby, a bit of, bit of sport. Uh, and used to love that. Yeah. So you've mentioned a couple of things that you enjoyed doing in school. How did you like find the lessons? Like, were they easy or hard? What lessons in school? I mean, yeah. I, um, I had to work really hard at school, but I, I grew up with uh, both my grandparents and my parents saying to me, look, whatever you do, do your best. And I think because um, I think because my dad was a farmhand, my mum worked in a shop we didn't particularly have a lot of money, but what they did want to instill in me was this kind of, look, just work hard, do your best, and then choices are open to you. So um, schoolwork had to work harder. I think probably when I was in primary school, I struggled at times. I do actually remember being spending an afternoon in what was called the unit. So I think I must've struggled a bit with some of my English at times, but when I got to secondary school, I just worked really hard and yeah. managed to do okay. Um, some of my teachers, the teaching then was very different to as it is now. Some of my teachers then were downright scary. Um, yeah. And uh, so you kind of just had to knuckle down a bit. But yeah, it, work wasn't easy. Some subjects like maths I enjoyed and did quite well at. English I had to work really hard at. Um, and I think I just, yeah, some lessons I didn't enjoy. Uh, I, I think sometimes uh, some of the things that we got up into class weren't particularly uh, good. I, I, on the whole, was fairly good in the classroom. I, I did try and work quite hard, but I do yeah. know one or two that would do naughty things. Like I do remember my French teacher being locked in the cupboard by um, <laughs> those in the classroom. So, yeah, but I didn't lock her in the cupboard. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned earlier that you your path was quite like mix and match with what you chose but then you ended up going into more of a teaching and education uh, area. So what motivated you to go into a teaching career? Well, it was, I think, like I said earlier, for those of you who aren't quite sure, just kind of do what you enjoy, get some experiences, because they'll all be useful in the future. So um, I kind of got into teaching slightly by accident. You know, I mentioned the scenario of the teacher being locked in a cupboard. I vowed in the, when I was a child, a teenager in class, uh, oh, I'd never want to be a teacher, you know, look what happens to them, they get locked in a cupboard. Um, but when I, uh, after I did A-levels, I applied to go and do, do a degree in theology, and they said, suggested I took a gap year. And rather than travel, um, I took a gap year and got a job working in a private school for a year, helping out with teaching PE, because as I mentioned earlier, I love PE. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would never have worked in that context before. As I said, I grew up quite poor. I... Um, you know, we've always been in the state school, but I got an opportunity to work in, in this particular private school helping. It was a fantastic year. I met some great people and I learned that actually I was quite good at, at, at teaching people. And if, you're, if you work hard at something and you, you build relationship with people, um, actually, you, you know, maybe I could actually be quite a good teacher. So I kind of, that experience when I went off and did my degree made me think, actually, yeah, maybe I, I want to get involved in making a difference to, 
to young people and to children uh, and that's sort of how I got into education it was just that one experience that opened my eyes to something yeah. that I thought wasn't so good for me um, and I'd say the same to your listeners just uh, go through experiences is there something that I can learn from this is there is there something I can discover that actually I'm I'm actually quite good at this. This could be an opportunity uh, for me. My youngest daughter's found the same, actually. She just got involved when, actually, when she was about 11 onwards, got involved in helping on a local farm with lambing, and she's discovered she's really good with animals and loves working with animals, and, in fact, currently is yeah. studying to do with that. So I'd say to your listeners, um, yeah, just see what experiences um, you get that, that you can discover more about yourself and what you're good at. So what did you do after you finished university? So after I finished university, I was actually invited uh, back to work at the school where I'd got that gap year. And I went and worked there as an unqualified teacher and then did my training whilst there to, to qualify as a teacher. Uh, so that was down in Surrey. I worked there for about uh, five or six years and then, um, yeah, worked my way through in education. So that's how I got, got into it. It was just a, an invitation afterwards to come back. Yeah. Were there any like challenges you faced early on in your teaching career? Um, I wouldn't say early on in my teaching career. I think the, the first school that I worked at was an absolute delight to work with the, the children and, and teenagers there. So that it's actually a school that went at the time all the way through to 13 were great to work with. I think there were challenges when I moved to my next job because after that I then worked, worked in a state school in Hertfordshire. Um, and that was with a different group of people. Uh, with a, you know some children who really struggled with life and families that struggled with life. Plus also I had to know all the subjects working in that particular school in my first yeah. year. I didn't have to teach all the subjects. Um, so I had to do a lot of learning. That was quite challenging. Um, and then I found throughout my career I've worked with uh, children and young people, some of whom really uh, struggle with life and don't want to learn and don't want to, to do school um, because they struggle with it. And yeah. so I, I've, I've had to learn how to work with um, children and young people who, who perhaps are struggling to, to see themselves as they are. And so I've, I've had to learn how to help them have the same positive regard for themselves that, that I have. It's, I, I believe that actually each and every one of us has amazing potential. Um, yeah. So I have a, when I work with, with, whether it's with children, and young people, or now the job I do working with adults, um, I have an unconditional positive regard for them. I, I think they can achieve amazing things. And so some of the challenges I've been, have been working and helping people understand that they have amazing potential and helping them to see that can yeah. be quite challenging. So how quickly did you move into becoming a head teacher? Yeah, so um, I was a head teacher by the time I was 30. So in a relatively short space of time, um, I, I worked in, in two schools and in the second school got opportunity to become the acting head teacher when the head teacher retired and they needed someone to look after the school for a while and then I got yeah. a job working uh, as a head teacher it was actually to amalgamate two schools into one my first head teacher oh, job right. was to turn two organizations into one two schools into one that that was quite a challenge but worked yeah. with a great group of people that helped me do it yeah did you miss going from teaching in the classroom to more of an administrative role um I think sometimes in life we get we we love doing one thing and then as we really learn how to do that well and we become confident in it we then start to look for the next challenge and the next challenge gives us 
uh, the kind of opportunities we want. So therefore, the things that we might miss in what we did before can be okay because we've got a new challenge. And I think I found that, that um, the as much as I love teaching the children, I equally loved helping teachers to teach the children. Um, and I, I love taking assemblies and uh, I had puppets and videos and all sorts of things in my assembly. Yeah. So I still got to work with children and yeah. I, I still taught children over the years it was just more time as you say doing some of the leadership and administrative parts of of the role so as much as I loved teaching and working with children and young people um I equally loved the new role so that that was okay I didn't miss it too much yeah and I think probably if uh, again for any of your listeners if you get some new opportunities that mean you've got to do something differently um hopefully find things that actually you're really looking forward to doing because it helps the change then feel okay yeah um how do you think teaching has changed from when you started to now <laughs> well the honest answer to that which probably isn't that much of an interest to to teenagers is i think the government meddles too much with it <laughs> uh when when i started teaching the national curriculum was just coming in and that was helpful because it gave a curriculum structure for across yeah and structure for across the, the country yeah uh, now they meddle in it too much uh, and actually teachers don't have enough freedom to to bring some of the joy of teaching um so yeah, yeah. If some of you listeners want to know why a lesson's boring sometimes it's probably not because of your teachers it's probably because the government keep telling them what to do and too many targets and pressures on schools um to achieve those uh, so I think that's the biggest change I've seen in in my career um, is 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 that kind of change. Some of that, you know, schools and teachers are trying to make things more interesting. Uh, that's not yeah. round again. Yeah, but that's probably the biggest change I've seen. Yeah. So you then left teaching and set up your own business called Everyday Leader. What does that business do? Yeah, well, so I, I set Everyday Leader up three years ago when I'd been a head teacher for 17 years. I, what, wow. what, what I really loved to do was um, develop and equip people. Uh, so if I look back on my head teacher career, um, there's something like uh, 14 people who are now head teachers that used to work under me. So developing yeah. people is, is what I see as really important. And I mentioned earlier this unconditional positive regard for people. That, that's what I have. And so Everyday Leaders' uh, purpose is to in inspire and equip everyday people to see themselves as leaders, both leaders of themselves first, and then um, to help them, equip them, uh, and develop them in, in skills to lead others. So we do that through a range of things. We do that through training sessions. We do that through one-to-one -one coaching, where I sit with the person and ask a series of questions to help them find a way forward. Uh, and then I also do that through some online material. So there's some online videos we're developing, uh, online yeah. blogs and eBooks. And I'm just about fairly soon to uh, release my first book, uh, which wow. has the snappy title of Everyday People, Everyday Leaders, um, just helping people to understand how they can lead. Yeah. So how hard was it for you to adjust from working in the public sector to being self-employed? Uh, I think if you'd have asked me five years ago, would you give up your uh, your job and uh, give up your salary and kind of go solo where you don't know what money's coming in? I would have said, no, that sounds far too scary. Yeah. Uh, but, but what I would say to your listeners, actually, you know, 
obviously I'm old now and, and you guys are young uh, and you know your life's ahead of you I would say to you if you see some opportunities even though they look a bit scary go for them because what I found although at first it looked really scary giving up the security of a job um, to set up a company and, and have no guaranteed income and you have to work for it and produce it although that was scary it's given me the opportunity to do the thing I love um, which is to inspire and equip people so every day when I go to work you know I don't have a what I used to have at times which was the Sunday night feeling oh it's it's school tomorrow. yeah uh, so for those of you you know your, your teenage listeners who are going oh I get that every <laughs> Sunday I'll let you into a secret so to the teachers and say so the head teachers quite often um, and uh, what I don't do is I don't have that feeling anymore. I, everything that I do I, I, is all the good stuff. It's about yeah. equipping people. I don't have all the targets and, and all the nonsense that I used to have. So although it, it seems scary moving into that, it was uh, a great thing to do. And I, and I love the feedback that I get working with people. That really encourages me when I know I've inspired and equipped them. So, yeah, the short answer is it was a bit scary at first moving to that. Yeah. Actually, it's liberating because you're doing stuff that you love. And so I'd say to your listeners, what is it you love doing? What what makes you, what lifts your spirit? What makes you feel really positive? Um, if that's what you love doing, then then find something that allows you to do that. Yeah. So early on, did you ever just like feel like really exhausted and then just want to go and not have the reassurance of having money coming in did you ever just want to go back to being a teacher or being employed and having that reassurance um i don't think i have ever had that actually uh which surprised me because i you know it is it is security isn't it knowing you've got money yeah. coming in each time i think the only time it's a challenge is at the moment you know we're having this conversation during lockdown on coronavirus and uh, you know, I run a business and businesses are under pressure at the moment because yeah. you can go anywhere or do anything or see each other. And my business is about face to face. And I've had to adapt that business to do online coaching and online training. Um, and so but businesses aren't, aren't buying some of that in at the moment. Yeah. So of course, moments like that, which have come out of sort of nowhere, really can can make you think that way. But yeah. up until this point, uh, you know, I haven't. I've just loved doing what I've been doing so much. And, and actually, I think what you discover and maybe what people are discovering at the moment is things like stuff and money isn't isn't important. What's important is yeah. actually people and the impact you have on people and the yeah. that you leave, leave on people. And so actually, whether you're old like me in, in, you know, in my 50s uh, or whether actually, you know, you're young, young like you guys, um, you, you can do that from the word go. You can make a difference to people um and yeah. yeah i think because my job does that it hasn't made me want necessarily to return to that yeah um so where do you see your business going in the next three to five years oh that's very good you could you that could be like an interview question for me, <laughs> uh, you know if you were setting up a business um I, I plan to to really develop how we continue to inspire and quit so um i, I am developing the book uh, that, yep. that will come out soon. We've got a series of videos that will go with that where we've been interviewing everyday people who've been in the book, um, asking them about their leadership and how they develop those skills. So we want to really develop some of our online um, support for people. Yeah. Um, and, and that really can work from teenagers all the way up to old people like me. You know, we don't see it as age specific. So yeah. some of the material that we put on there will be about 
So our eBooks, for example, we start to generate is just how you manage yourself, how you manage things when you're a bit concerned or worried, mm. when you face challenges, how you can overcome them. It's things like that where you start by leading yourself. So, um, yeah, we want to develop our online uh, videos and eBooks and our books to help people. Um, and then we want to continue in coaching. I want to grow our coaching business, which is meeting with people one to one and helping them work out ways forward in their in their lives and in their leadership. So your business is all about helping people become leaders. What do you think are the key characteristics of a leader? Oh, brilliant question. Brilliant question. I think it. It has to start, first of all, with your heart uh, and character as a person. Uh, so first of all, a leader has to have a heart for others, not for themselves. Where you see good leaders and where have I've experienced that is, is when they have a heart for those they, they lead. They, they see themselves as serving others, not as, uh, you know, just becoming successful or being the I am. So it starts with your heart. It then is about your character. Uh, your character is who walks through the door when nobody is looking so whether you're a teenager or whether you're old and bald like me what's really important is um, that you do the right thing even if you could get away with doing the wrong thing and even more so as a leader when you're leading others uh, it's almost about asking yourself the question of if this appeared in the press if this appeared on tv how would i look would I be seen as doing the right thing? And what that does as well yeah. when people are following you is they, they look at you and they go, I can trust this person. I will be safe with this person because I know that they will always do what is right and what is honourable and uh, what will therefore protect me as someone who might follow them or work for them. So I think it has to start with your, your heart and your character. And then next thing, I think it just starts for you as a leader uh, on your mind and your mindsets. Uh, it's very easy actually to let things get us down, uh, to interfere with the way we perform as individuals and as leaders. Uh, and so there's a, a brilliant organisation called Emerging Leaders that I've done some work with. It's a charity that works with people um, and they yeah. talk about leadership mindsets, about um, lifting up your head and seeing yourself as a leader, um, about being proactive, um, about seeing and taking responsibility for things that, that you see. Um, changing things that aren't working, focusing on things that need doing and being appreciative in your thinking, uh, thinking about what's working well um, and then thinking about what you want to improve. So that would be the next stage as well. Yeah. So can anyone be a leader or is it just like already in you or in your nature? Again, another brilliant question. You're really good at this, aren't you? Um, yeah. Can anyone be? I, I believe that actually anyone can be a leader um i believe it starts with leading yourself but of course the choice will always be but do i want to be and do i see myself as a leader i think some of the challenges sometimes is people don't see themselves as leaders they see themselves as victims or they see themselves as someone that can't achieve anything um, it's it's just deciding so who am i and what do i want to do and that's that's where kind of leading yourself starts from now, leading others, of course, can be a real challenge. When you work with a group of people that are amazing, leading others can be really easy. But sometimes yeah. you might work with people who are awkward, who are difficult, who are a bit odd, maybe. Um, and that can be a challenge. And that's maybe where some of us might have, over time, learnt and developed some, some natural skills. But sometimes yeah. it also might be that 
that we need to do some training, need to do some development to learn how to lead other people, particularly when perhaps it can be more challenging, either the situation or the people that we're working with. So I think anybody can choose to lead themselves. I think people, anybody also can lead others. But sometimes we need help to do that, either through the experiences we gain or yeah. through training. So you've been in education and now you're developing leaders. Do you think there needs to be more like work in school that helps teenagers have those skills to be a good leader? Um, yes, I do, is the short answer. I think one of the challenges is that, that everybody starts to talk about things that should be in schools, uh, you know, that, and, and it used to drive me mad as a head teacher when the latest government initiative used to be that we need to we need to put this in schools and that in schools. Yeah. But actually, I do think developing um, people's self-awareness and leadership of themselves and leadership of others is really important. Um, emerging leaders that I talked about earlier, they have a brilliant program called Lead Now, which is a, a leadership yeah. children program, which... Uh, I used to use with uh, some of my children when I was a head teacher. Uh, and then they have Leadership for Life, which is for teenagers and for adults, which talks about the, how you lead yourself and the, the leadership mindsets that you can replace all thinking mindsets with. I think if we had that for young people, whether that's in schools or whether that's in uh, other things like um, scouts or guides or stuff like that, that would help uh, us understand as teenagers actually I can lead myself with the challenges I face yeah that would be brilliant to help people it would help young people with mental health it would help young people see themselves actually as they were kind of uh, created to be with the skills and talents that they have it helps them to recognize and see more of themselves yeah um so moving on to a different um subject you would call yourself a Christian. Um, so do you feel that your faith has an impact on what you do in work or how you work? Yes, I do. I think, um, I think one of the things that I, I certainly talk about in leadership is actually your thoughts lead to feelings, which then lead to an action. So actually our, our thinking is a real driver for how we feel and the actions uh, that we take. Um, so for me, actually when I was a teenager, I, I explored uh, Christianity. I kind of read up about it. I, I, I looked into it and what I saw in the person of Jesus um, was, was, a, was a man who, who not only believed stuff but could teach stuff with real simplicity and clarity. But he wasn't just a teacher, he was someone who acted it out. So when he, he talked about yeah. that we should be loving and caring for the most vulnerable in our society, he demonstrated that as well. He went up and touched the leper and the beggar and, and yeah. helped them out. And so for me, I, I read somebody about that Jesus talks about saying that and doing that. And so if I'm going to follow that example... I need to put that into action. So for me, yeah, faith has made a real difference. I talked earlier about that, having that unconditional positive regard for people. Yeah. And that stems from, from my faith, that that's what I believe God feels about us. Uh, and that's what I believe Jesus felt about others and demonstrated that. And therefore, if I'm going to be a follower of him, I've got to try to do that as well. And so I do that through my, my leadership company. It, you know, I don't, I don't go talking to people about Jesus in my leadership company. Yeah. 
but but they should see those actions in the way I treat people. It's the same in in some of the other things that I get involved in with. My wife and I run a a, a charity for children's holidays. Uh, you know that is a core part of what drives us in that. You know our faith should lead to action. Whatever you might believe in, if you don't believe in Christianity, you'll have some form of belief, whether that's just a moral code. But that moral code should drive you into action. Otherwise, there's no point in your moral code or your faith in the first place faith has to lead to action so for me yeah that that is an important part for me and drives who I am yeah so um you mentioned that in your teenage years you discovered Jesus and God were your parents like were they at all religious or not um so my mum uh my mum used to go to church and she would take us along when we were children. My dad, actually, when, when I was a child and uh, early on in my teenage years, was quite against Christianity. Um, his dad had been a bit intense and a bit over the top. And so um, with regards to church and things like that. And so my dad decided that wasn't for him and he didn't like some of the things that he saw in the church. Um, but interestingly, mm. as, as I grew up, as I went into teenage years, he he got to chatting to actually my youth leader, a guy called Cyril, uh, which isn't perhaps a particularly cool name now, but um, he, he, was a, he was a great guy and he just got chatting to my dad and, and actually my dad then realised, actually there are some people in the Christian faith that can be quite okay. And uh, yeah. yeah, so actually then later on my dad also decided, yeah, he'd like to look into uh, Christian things too. Um, so yeah, my my mum particularly did have a faith that was uh, influential, um, but I think for me as a teenager, I decided I needed to look into it for myself and and make that decision for myself. Um, and I yeah. think it's important that that you know we work out our beliefs based on our experience and and look into stuff ourselves, not just perhaps take what other people may have said to us, whether that's believe in something or don't believe in something. It's important that we investigate it for ourselves. Yeah. So um, how is has- faith like shaped your life and um, I, I think faith for me certainly in terms of Christian faith has has realized that that I'm accepted I'm not a perfect human being but actually the Christian faith talks about that God loves us he loves us as we are and I think that's the first thing it's just given me a realization that that I'm loved and accepted um, the other thing is really what I said earlier that actually if I'm following the person of Jesus, that that has to then impact in the way I treat others and in, in, in the way I do things. Um, it is impacted wider. And I said earlier, my wife and I run a children's charity. That's a key part of what we do. Um, my wife and I also run a little kind of house church called Connect Church. That, again, is a key part of what we do, where we just try and look after and care for people um, as part of our church and, and make actually Christianity um, understandable and approachable um, so yeah it's kind of affected a, a number of things that we actually do yeah so you mentioned that you work with a uh, with children uh, in that organization called lemming so what does what do you do in that organization so uh as, as lemming's holidays runs uh three uh, events um although coronavirus is kind of making us change some of the things that we're doing yeah, yeah. um but uh, yeah, we run a children's holiday. Uh, so we run that for a week where children from all backgrounds can come and have a great uh, holiday and just discover a little bit about the Christian faith. Uh, we also this year have set up uh, a teenager's uh, holiday called Next Gen. 
which actually uh, my daughter Sophie runs with uh, two people called Matt and Tash. Uh, yeah. And then um, we also run a Young Leaders uh, event in February, uh, which some uh, great, great friends of ours, Abby and Richard, have been running for us, uh, which helps people of kind of 15 to 21 year olds um, kind of discover how to, to lead themselves, all the sort of things that, that we've been talking about in this uh, in this podcast. Yeah. So has God ever like spoken to you? Has God ever spoken to me? I, I don't think, uh, you know, sometimes people hear of uh, stories of uh, yeah. almost like you, you can perhaps read in the Bible of God speaking. Um, I don't think I've ever heard a voice. I don't think I have ever seen uh, anything in front of me, uh, like angels or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but I do believe that uh, God has sometimes spoken to me when I have prayed to him and said, I may be concerned about something or I'm trying to make a decision on something. Yeah. And then I read the Bible uh, and the Bible is a really big book. <laughs> it's got yeah. six books in it. It's, it's a great big thick thing. Um, but I just happen to read a, a piece as I'm praying about something to help me make a decision that I read something that helps me make that decision. Now, some might say that's just chance, but uh I believe sometimes that God really can speak to me through what I read in the Bible. Yeah. So that's, that's how I've had that, but I haven't had any kind of um, voice voices or <laughs> pictures or uh, yeah, kind of angels appearing to me. Um, I'd probably be very surprised if that did happen. Um, yeah. We couldn't ignore something like that, but no, I've never had anything like that. Um, okay. So finishing up, I've just got one last question to ask you, which I ask all my guests. So what would you tell your teenage self? Yeah, that's a brilliant question, isn't it? I do sometimes look back and say, oh, yeah, what, what would I do? What would I have taken the route I've taken? I think probably I'd say to my teenage self is um, don't worry or panic. Sometimes as a teenager, you can just, it can feel a bit intense. And, and like you mentioned earlier, what should I do? What job should I be doing? And you can feel under a lot of pressure. And I think yeah. I'd probably say to my teenage self, just go with the flow a bit. Just, you know, do some stuff that, that you love doing, that you can contribute to others, see what you can learn and discover from that. And actually, you know, you will work a, a pattern and a way through life. So some of the stuff that perhaps feels a bit big and a bit heavy as a teenager, a bit scary, and where you might at times feel vulnerable, um, I, I would say, yeah, don't panic. It will, it will work itself out. And I think I'd also say to myself, look, there are people around you that can help you. I had some yeah. great people as a teenager. My youth worker, as I mentioned, Cyril was was brilliant. Uh, I had some good friends. I've I've met some great people through my life who've, who've been good friends to us. Um, yeah. And I would say to my teenage self, yeah, look, there are people out there. Just trust them. Uh, some of them might be. Um, big grown-ups some of them might be teenagers themselves but those who walk alongside you for periods yeah just let them walk alongside you and help they'll help you through it um yeah so if any of your, your listeners are perhaps having a similar oh gosh this feels intense or it feels heavy i'd say the same to them um yeah mm. just go with the flow do stuff you enjoy do stuff for others see what you can learn from it uh, and actually you'll discover your way and your path through life yeah well, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me and I hope you stay safe during this time. Yeah, great. Thank you ever so much for inviting me and, and I hope what I've said has been a bit of help to, to some of your listeners. Yeah, thank you. Great. Thanks a lot.
hope you enjoyed listening to Talking Teenage Life podcast and that this discussion has inspired you. Please remember to subscribe via your usual podcast provider. We'd love you to leave a review online and don't forget to visit www.talkingteenagelife.com to find out what we're up to.